Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Bears. I'm your new host, Lauren Cox, from Pro Football Focus and USA Today's BearsWire.com. And I think I'm getting pretty close to stop having to say the word new host. I'm about a week into the show now. I'm really having a blast bringing you your daily Chicago Bears talk on the Locked On Podcast Network. The big thing I want to talk about today on the show is a topic that I know you're going to hear a lot about every week-ish for the next, hopefully, 10 years here on the Lockdown Bears podcast, and that's one young Mitchell Trubisky, number 10 on the practice field at Bears training camp. The news out of Wednesday's training camp practice was that Mitchell Trubisky has started to take some reps with the second team at camp. Prior to this, he has been working almost exclusively with the third team, and, you know, the third-string players that don't have a whole lot of opportunity to make the 53-man roster and ever really play meaningful snaps with Mitchell Trubisky in the NFL. But finally, he was rotated in there with Mark Sanchez, with the second team, not working with the starters just yet, but getting used to at least higher-quality receivers, higher-quality defenders going against him in practice, and it's really the first step towards him becoming the Bears' true number two quarterback and pushing Mark Sanchez where he belongs as the team's number three. And I, I want to talk today about the process here of what exactly the Bears should do with Mitch Trubisky and how they should handle his development as a rookie quarterback here with the situation with Mike Glennon. I know I've sort of danced around it a little bit in previous shows, so today I really want to dive into what the Bears should do with him in order to maximize his development, to maximize their ability to win games in 2017 and beyond, and and how that all should work in the preseason into the regular season with Mike Glennon clearly in in the starting lineup, in the lead for now for that quarterback spot. And I think, you know, to best understand what the Bears should do with Mitch Trubisky, I think we need to first understand who he was as a quarterback prospect and who he is here at Chicago Bears training camp. So I want to start here with an in-depth scouting report of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, For those who haven't followed me, I'm on Twitter at CoxSports1. And throughout the draft season, Deshaun Watson was my number one quarterback out of Clemson. I, I wanted him as the potential future quarterback of the Chicago Bears. But I had Mitchell Trubisky number two, and I thought... Any he, either he or Watson would be a solid pick at the top of the first round, and I thought a Patrick Mahomes could be another first-round pick quarterback maybe later on in the first round. Those three were, were my guys at the top of the draft. But I, I definitely wasn't disappointed when they made the Mitchell Trubisky pick. I think he is a very solid quarterback prospect. I just had a, a slight preference for Deshaun Watson based on experience and athletic ability and, and some of the really special clutch plays he was able to make as a college quarterback at Clemson, but Mitchell Trubisky offers you so much as a quarterback. I mean, first of all, he has a great arm. I mean, he's not, like, he doesn't have the the Jay Cutler cannon or the, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger cannon to really, you know, flick his wrist and throw it 60 yards to the back of the end zone. He's not going to, he's not going to make those type of throws, but that's not to say that he can't throw it 60 yards if he has his feet under him, steps into it, and really fires it as hard as he can. 
like it's not elite arm strength, but it's never going to be an issue for him in terms of not having enough power on the ball. And I think it's important to note that there are two kinds of arm strength here. I mean, it's all it's all technically still arm strength, but there's two areas that arm strength play a factor. And some guys have one and not the other, but I think Mitch Trubisky has both. So there's there's what I mentioned there, being able to flick it 60 yards without much effort and really put the ball. They talk about you know putting a ball on the rope downfield, down the sideline, firing it beyond where any defender can get to it and letting your receiver get under it and go get the ball. He can do that. It's not as effortless as it is for a Jay Cutler, but it's it's not something he is incapable of doing. And the other type of arm strength is more the the bullets underneath coverage, firing it 10 yards down the field, but getting it there quicker than the defense can react to it, really you know, hitting the receiver hard in the hands. Those, those are something we saw a lot of from Jay Cutler as well. He clearly had all kinds of arm strength, but I think Mitch Trubisky can do that too. Again, when he has... A room to step into the throw and you know can be decisive and say he if he knows he needs to get the ball here on this deep in in between the two deep safeties and has a clean pocket to fire it in there from he can put the ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there and, and sort of along similar lines even when it's not a a bullet throw being forced into tight coverage he does have good timing with his receivers he did at North Carolina he does a great job of reading coverages really well and it's not it's not like some offenses where a, a lot of times they'll split the field in half and they'll basically only tell a quarterback to look to one half of the field and basically the you know one to two to three wide receivers running routes on the other half of the field are legitimately never going to be targeted on that play because he's not those aren't the part of the quarterback's read so a lot of times you'll see teams you know especially on a rollout they never look to the backside everything comes to that near side but even on even on a normal drop back from the pocket, a lot of times, you know, they'll have that backside receiver. Maybe it's not the left, maybe it's not the right. Maybe you know they they'll alternate which side. But the the receiver on the side, the quarterback's not looking at. He's just going to run a deep route and sort of just take the attention of the corner and the safety. And the quarterback's only going to look at you know maybe a tight end going to the flat, uh, a slot receiver running an out, and a, a, a receiver on the outside running a deep ball. That's what we call a flood concept where the outside receiver is going deep to try and take everyone vertical while the two receivers underneath go horizontal and try and find some space there they're sort of flooding the the deep end of the field that's why they call it a flood concept and Mitch Trubisky was a guy that worked extensively over the middle of the field where it's not just leaning to one side he has to snap he takes the snap and his first read is looking at the safeties to see whether there's going to be two deep or one deep and if it is two deep is it cover two is it cover four or is it two with with man underneath and if it is one deep is it cover one or cover three I mean he this is all going through his head on his first two snaps two steps after taking the snap under shotgun he's and he already has a good idea based on his pre-snap reads who or and where the coverages are going to be but he he then has to know then based off if it's one if it's three if it's two if it's four then which of his routes are going to be open it's not as it's not as much as just looking around and trying to see and think and and look and see the guy with a space around him you you sort of have to know as a quarterback based on the coverage they're in and the play that you called which routes are going to be open sort of regardless of where the what you actually see because you don't have time as a quarterback to necessarily see process and then throw uh, on every snap especially when you have a lot of quick balls coming out of the quarterback you don't want pressure to be able to get there to him 
you know, if it's a three-step drop, he has to know that he sees two deep safeties and he sees the linebacker turn and run in man coverage. He knows that's two man. He knows that slot, the slot receiver running a slant over the middle is going to have one-on-one coverage with the middle of the field vacated. And all that's gone through his head before he's even been able to get to the end of his five-step drop out of shotgun. And then he's firing the ball there over the middle. So it, I'm sort of belaboring the point here, but he was a guy that was able to very effectively read an entire field, not just having to do half reads and really run NFL passing concepts. And sort of what came with his ability to read coverages was his ability to take care of the ball consistently. He was not a guy that threw a lot of interceptions. He had a a very high accuracy percentage. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, and I, I try to include this in every episode, I work for Pro Football Focus. We did a lot of extensive draft work. We, in, in, in addition to grading every player in the NFL, we grade every player in college football. So, of course, we had a, a treasure trove of data on Mitchell Trubisky. And just a, a couple things I want to share on him. Uh, one, one of the PFF stats that we have created is called adjusted completion percentage. And so basically it, it's like completion percentage, but we don't count drops by the wide receiver or passes that were batted by defenders or passes that were intentionally thrown away by Mitch Trubisky. Basically, it eliminates any pass that wasn't aimed by the quarterback or wasn't dropped. It takes them away, it takes their attempts away, and only looks at their completion percentages on passes that were delivered to receivers, you know, or at least were delivered the way they were intended to and not dropped. And Mitch Trubisky's adjusted completion percentage was 75.1%, which was eighth in the country. He was also in the top five under pressure and against the blitz in both of those adjusted completion percentages. So clearly he was a guy that didn't make a lot of poor decisions with the football in terms of turnovers, but also in terms of just putting the ball where it needs to be and and completing quite a few passes. And I mean, that's sort of a thing the Bears put a lot of emphasis on in, in finding the next quarterback was finding someone who's going to take care of the ball a little bit better than maybe a Jay Cutler did at times. And clearly Ryan Pace found that in Mitchell Trubisky. He also found a guy with consistent footwork and mechanics for a college quarterback. And I know the knock on Mitch Trubisky, and I'm going to get to it more later, is that lack of experience because he only started 13 games. But for a guy that started 13 games, he was very consistent with his drop back and his footwork in in terms of knowing when to shift his weight, knowing where to put his feet, and not uh, losing track of, of sort of where his body is and having that body control within the pocket the the other thing there too is that he worked exclusively out of the shotgun. He did not take a single snap under center in college, so that's been a a big emphasis point early on here in his Bears career. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later too. But he's a guy that drives the ball consistently with good feet, the the, the and knows sort of how to torque his arm properly. So it it's a it's called a three quarters release. It comes out high, not as not as much of a concern about batted passes or anything like that. He knows how to look off safeties. He really can do it all from a from a from a tools standpoint. Where where that might get a little bit iffy and I don't wanna I don't want to jump ahead too far here, but sometimes when he is under pressure, his footwork goes a little bit and one of the things you'll see is he'll get his throwing stance a little bit wide and he doesn't properly shift his weight into his throw. So like he'll he'll be expecting the throw to come out as he always does, but his feet will just be too far apart to the sense that, you know, when you throw and he when you wind up, your weight shifts to your back foot. And then a lot of the power that you generate is as you're bringing your arm forward, 
your whole body is coming forward and shifting that weight onto your front foot when you throw. And that's where you generate a lot of that power. And so sometimes when he's, you know, moved a little bit around in the pocket and taken off of his spot, he doesn't properly set, set into his throw and step up the correct way to transfer that weight. And sometimes you'll see balls come out just a little bit less forceful than he would want. And that's when you'll see some inaccuracy at times in those situations. But like I said, he takes care of the ball more often than not, and especially in every clean situation, his footwork and his mechanics are very solid. And, and perhaps most importantly, he's just known as a great leader and a great person. Uh, you know, I don't remember hearing a single even shred of doubt about this guy's personality. Ryan Pace has obviously spoken extremely highly of him, but even in the pre-draft process, when a lot of dirt gets digged up about these guys and you know, there's always something that leaks about someone. I think there was some stuff about Deshaun Kaiser maybe being a little bit cocky or arrogant or something like that. I mean, that that stuff tends to come out right before the draft as maybe some agents want to get dirt on other players to bump up their own client in, in terms of draft standing. So we, we never heard any of that about Mitch Trubisky, and I think that says a lot. I think the Bears really wanted to be confident in him as a person in addition to him as a quarterback. And it's clear based on every interaction he's had with the media and fans that they absolutely got a a great human being on top of a talented young quarterback. But to get to some of his weaknesses here, I mentioned the lack of experience. 13 games started in college. There were some question marks as to why, once he came out on the field and played so well, why he wasn't on the field earlier and why he could only start this one year in college and why he didn't start earlier and then beat out the competition that was ahead of him. There's also some questions about the coaching staff there and maybe they didn't properly evaluate Trubisky and were surprised at how well he played when he came in. So I I don't hold that against him too much just because I'm here to evaluate what I see on tape from Mitch Trubisky more than anything else. And, And one of the areas on tape that I think he does need to work on is a little bit on the deep throws. And it's not that he doesn't have enough arm strength or anything like that, but there's what what makes deep throws so tough is that you're trying to anticipate how fast your wide receiver is going. And so when you let go of the ball, you have to f- try and figure out what yard line he's going to reach by the time the ball gets there. So you have to anticipate ahead and, and really put just enough on it that your receiver can get it, but not too much that he can't get to it or not enough that he has to slow down and come back to it and potentially have a a contested target or a potential interception if the cornerback is able to turn around and find the ball. So he needs to work a little bit on his touch on those deep balls of just just really honing in exactly where it needs to go. You know, there were a few overthrows and a few underthrows in college that, you know, you just, if you're really being a perfectionist about him in terms of of growing as a quarterback, he needs to just fine tune those a little bit. And, And part of that's going to be getting on the same page as his receivers and getting to know how fast Kevin White is when he's running down the sideline, how fast Marcus Wheaton is when he's going deep out of the slot, or how fast Cameron Meredith is when he makes that double move and then has some separation going up the sideline. You know, it's just going to take time to understand the speed of your players and get a feel for them in different situations and different routes that you're trying to throw downfield. I also mentioned the the footwork under pressure at times. With, and, and the weight shifting, so I don't, I'm not going to go back into that, but just a, another little thing that is going to come with experience and, and getting more opportunities with a defender in his face in a real live football situation that you, you can't quite replicate in practice and that he only had 13 games to really work through. And, and, and in, a similar, in a similar effort, sometimes he needs a little bit better feel for where the pocket is around him and where the pressure is coming from. 
Sometimes he can get snuck up on a little bit, and sometimes he'll feel it in an area that it's not really a threat. So maybe he he sort of feels that the right tackle is getting closer to him, and he'll move away and maybe end up moving and, and hurting himself a little bit by moving away when he didn't need to. If maybe the right tackle is giving up a little bit ground, but he is able to anchor and sort of hold where he is, and maybe Trubisky moves a little bit too early. Sometimes he won't sense the pressure and he'll, you know, he'll take a sack that maybe he could have avoided. And sometimes he'll, he'll just not quite feel properly where the nearest defender is. And maybe he, he could have thrown it away or, or tried to fire it downfield, but takes the sack because he thought he had just a little bit more time. And another thing that he can only improve with by getting live game experience, you can't quite simulate that at practice. And of course, the big thing, I mentioned it right away. It's not really a big thing, but it's being made into a bigger thing than it is, is the all shotgun thing, because I don't remember which day of practice it was now. It was Saturday, last Saturday, maybe the first padded practice, the the Bears world of Twitter, uh, you know, which is not always the most uh, in-depth and intelligent world of analysis no, not naming any names in particular, but you know how people can be on Twitter sometimes when you let everyone have a voice. Sometimes uh, not always the best voices rise to the top, but Mitch Trubisky, he fumbled some snaps under center. I think three out of five potentially hit the ground and were dead balls. And so, of course, everyone mentions, oh, well, Mitch Trubisky is still learning how to snap the ball under center. That's really not a big deal. Like of all the things that I've mentioned about Mitch Trubisky, I think that's probably the least important of anything. The actual snap itself is the easy part when you're talking about working from under center. I mean, it, it's, an, it's an exchange that you can work on over and over again every single day. And, and really that exchange is, is the simple part where, where the concern should be placed or if, if it's even going to be a concern, but at least where the, where, where the critical thinking needs to happen is with his footwork from under center because it's, it's a much different process of dropping back. A lot of times, you know, a three-step drop under center is very different from a three-step drop in shotgun. And especially when you start to get into five and even seven-step drops from under center, it's it's a, it's a much more of a timing thing where, uh, especially like if people remember the Mike Martz offense, there were a lot of seven-step drops in there. And that's sort of how the timing of the offense works. So like they they get, they call a play and there's one route that he knows he will throw to on his third step. There's one route that he knows he would throw to on his fifth step, and there's one route that he knows he'd throw to on his seventh step. And sort of he reads that in the Mike Martz offense, you read that as you so you snap the ball and you and you, you're looking first to that first receiver, and if you get to your third step and he's not open, then you look to your second receiver, and if you get to your fifth step, then he's not open, then you get to your then you look to your third receiver, and if you get to your seventh step and he's not open, then you're looking for your fourth, fifth option, and you're trying to maybe work your way out of the pocket, but it's all a, a timing thing there. And, and that's what you start to see a little bit more of under center, where he needs to, you know, under shotgun, as soon as you get the ball, you're sort of already in the pocket, and you're already, you know, the offensive linemen already know how to form that arc around you. But when you're under center, you have to get to a certain depth to make sure that your offensive line has that vertical field to work with, especially the offensive tackles around the outside. And it's just a matter of knowing how to cross his feet and how to shift his weight and how to stay on that spot after working under center and being able to maybe interrupt his drop back to find that throw. Like I said, if he's if he's running a, a timing play where he has a different route on his third and fifth step and he gets to his third step and that route is open, he has to know how to stop, shift his weight, and fire that throw off without going back into his fourth and fifth steps. 
it's just sort of a glimpse into how complicated it is to play quarterback. But that's the bigger concern about under center versus the shotgun. And I think we're going to see him pick that up very quickly the way he was able to pick up the rest of his footwork throughout his college career at North Carolina. But, you know, now we have a good feel here for Mitch Trubisky. You know, we, this is this is the quarterback. I, I just went in depth on the, the quarterback that they drafted, the full scouting report. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while Geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. So what does that mean for the Bears in 2017? To me, the number one thing Mitch Trubisky needs is experience. I mentioned it a little bit, but this guy, he just needs more games. I mean, that was the knock on him. Some draft analysts have said that if he if he had gone back and played another 13 games in, for a second year, he would have been the consensus number one quarterback, and there wouldn't have been all this talk about a bad quarterback class, and he might have been taken number one overall by the Browns, or I guess whoever would have the number one overall pick the following year, probably the San Francisco 49ers this year. But, you know, clearly experience would have been the difference maker for him. And so that's clearly going to be the difference maker for him in Chicago. But the problem is Mike Glennon also needs that experience. He needs to master this offense as quickly as possible. He's the guy that's going to be forced out there week one, ready or not, here he comes. And he needs absolutely all the experience he can get in this offense. He hasn't played, I don't think he played in a game last year. It was either 2015 or 2016 that he legitimately did not throw a pass. And I think he only threw a couple passes the other year. I believe he played like 10 snaps last year and nothing in 2015 after starting in 2013 and 2014 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But clearly he needs to get back into being a starting quality quarterback. So you have to balance how you distribute the snaps and experience for them. And so, you know, you have to give Mike Glennon the starting quarterback reps, which is what they've been doing. And I, I have no qualms with that. But starting out Mitch as the third quarterback, I think, is not doing him as many favors as they think. I mean, I understand. I talked about this after I was at training camp. I understand wanting to make him earn it as the rookie and not giving him any, you know, free step up just because he was the high draft pick and because he is the future of your franchise. But at the end of the day, he's already playing like a better quarterback than Mark Sanchez at training camp. So he should be your number two quarterback and he should be getting all of the second team reps if not potentially taking a few first-team reps here and there, especially as Mike Glennon gets more comfortable, because Mitch Trubisky needs to be getting not only as much experience as possible, but also the highest quality experience as possible. And that means working with the wide receivers that are going to be on the field in the regular season and working with the offensive line that's going to be protecting him and, and really getting playing against the best possible defenders that can test him and push him as a quarterback. And I think to me, he needs to be, at the very least, playing as much preseason football as possible. And I understand some people are concerned about him in there and you don't want him to get hurt. And I agree with that 100% that you, <laughs> the worst possible thing for this team would be Mitch Trubisky getting hurt. But at the same time, you drafted this quarterback knowing that he is raw, knowing that he needs experience. And I think, you know, you give Mike Glennon the first couple drives in the first preseason game and then Mitch Trubisky plays 
pretty much everything else. If not, you know, maybe you take him out in the fourth quarter, but he should be playing as much as possible. You know, as an offensive coordinator, you don't, you know, they don't game plan in the preseason. They don't go out and say, okay, here's our opponent's weaknesses and we're going to hit them here, here, and here. They sort of just say, here are the plays that we want to work on and here are the situations that I want to put Mitch Trubisky through. But I think you need a game plan just a little bit in the sense of not not specifically preparing for every opponent, but saying, okay, we're not going to do any play calls that will put Mitch Trubisky in any kind of danger. And every single play call will have a throwaway option and a dump off option. So Mitch, if you feel something, just get rid of it. Don't risk taking the hit. Don't risk taking the sack. Just play, you know, do the play call as best you can. But as soon as anything you feel goes wrong, just dump it off. I don't care about your completion percentages. I don't care if you throw interceptions. I don't care, you know, how many yards you get. Just don't get hit anywhere below the waist and don't take sacks. Just get rid of the ball. We don't we're not going to get caught up in how well you perform. Just just do what you can and and get as much experience as possible. And I think that should be the plan with Mitch Trubisky. I think that will eliminate the the risk and or at least limit the risk of injuries and eliminate the worry of potentially doing too much with him or, you know, putting him at any kind of risk of hurting his development. I think the the experience he gets on the field is much more valuable to him than getting, you know, than trying to just keep him safe and keep him limited because at the end of the day, that is what he needs. And I think the moment he is ready to be the Chicago Bears starting quarterback he should take over as the starter. I think it's the moment that he gives you a better chance to win than Mike Glennon, then he should be the starter. And and to me, that that not only is if Mike Glennon is playing poorly, but even if Mike Glennon is playing well, if you, as the Bears, watch Mitch Trubisky and say, this guy is the better quarterback and gives us a better chance to win, then he should be your guy on the field. If, that, if that's week one, then it's week one. If that's week... 14, then it's week 14. But I think the moment he surpasses Mike Glennon and is really, truly ready to go, he should be out there. Like, I know there's this fear that somehow playing Mitch Trubisky as a rookie is going to ruin him or is going to, you know, somehow limit his development or, or I know there's a word there I'm not thinking of, but it's, it's not going to be good for him. But you're only going to ruin Mitch Trubisky if you put him out there before he's ready. And, and that really is the most critical point here is determining when he's going to be ready. Because like I said in his scouting report, this kid already has a really high football IQ and a really strong feel for the game. He can read coverages. He can he obviously can learn a playbook and, and run an offense to a very high level. He has decent footwork, you know, consistently good footwork out of the shotgun. He has a high adjusted completion percentage under pressure, but what he needs to do is master the Chicago Bears playbook first and foremost, but also, you know, work on getting snaps under center and and working through the footwork there, work on in certain pressure situations of getting a better feel for the pocket around him, knowing when and where he can escape. And it's, it's sort of just a, it literally is an instincts and a feel thing there. And so when you have something like that with, with the, the pressure and even the touch on the deep balls, the only real way you can get better at those is in real football, live action against an opponent. I mean, practice, you can work a little bit on the timing here and there on the deep balls, and you can you can try and simulate pressure. But until you see your receiver 
go up against a cornerback that you know slows him down a little bit and then he gets back up to speed and you can feel how that that receiver adjusts to different coverages if he has a safety is he going to take that post route and and just bend it a little bit more horizontally than vertically if there's a safety over top and understand the angle he's going to take to the ball and same thing with pressure you you know how how will he really feel when it's DeMarcus Ware uh, he retired he's not on the Broncos anymore I mean when it's Von Miller excuse me uh, rushing him in in the first preseason game, or it's Vic Beasley against the Atlanta Falcons in Week One. It's just a slightly different feel when you know the guy is really actually trying to get after you and can actually hit you and bring you to the ground and rip the ball out and and maybe even try and injure you if there's some uh, some really vicious opponents that they're going to face. So the only way you can get that is with live action. I mean, he can master the playbook at practice, and you know that's something he's been working on since he was drafted with the team. It's something he can do on the weekends. He can do every night before he goes to bed. I understand there that that you know he just needs time there, but and that's not something that you need live action for. I mean, you you need live action to simulate getting the call out and, and working through those plays. But at least in terms of knowing every single player's role and every single play and knowing the play call, knowing what all the terminology means, that's just memorization and that's just something he can work on on the side. But it's that live action that he needs, and as soon as he is ready. Get him in the football game. I mean, there's just, he just needs experience. Like, I, I question how much he can really learn from just working on the sidelines. I mean, you know, I, I understand that, like, the value in giving him a few games. I, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not a necessarily a proponent for starting him week one unless he just absolutely blows you away and tells you that he's ready. Cause he does need to get sort of the week to week process figured out of, you know, if you're a starting NFL quarterback, here's what you do, you know, the Monday before your next game, the Tuesday before your next game, the Wednesday before your next game. Here's here's how all of our meetings will work. Here's how all of our game planning works. Here's how all of our practice works. Here's how the scout team's going to replicate the opponent. And here's how we're here's what we're going to do Saturday before the game. And I understand giving him a few weeks on the bench to sort of just see how the NFL regular season works. But my, where my question becomes is, how much more is he going to learn after, say, the first four weeks on the bench that he didn't already get? I mean, is he really going to see that much in weeks 10 through 17 that he's not seeing in the first four weeks in terms of how to play quarterback at the high level? I mean, I feel like after the first four-ish weeks, I keep coming back to that number because it's a quarter of the season, but maybe it's not even four. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three, maybe it's one, maybe it's six, but after the first handful of games, he's seen and gone through everything or the the majority of things that he's going to go through in an NFL season. And I think all of the things that would come up that he might not have gotten in the first four weeks are going to be very specific and exceptional things that are still going to continue to come up even when he's already the starter. So say, say he does sit week, uh, every week this year, there's still going to be things next year that he comes, he comes across that, oh, they're going to play the Patriots in, say, week 12 next year, and here's something new that the Patriots do on defense that Mitch Trubisky has never faced before, and you just have to learn on the fly and, and you know, attack the opponent. And I just don't know how much value he's going to get from being on the bench beyond a few weeks in the season because ultimately his development is going to be fast-tracked when he's on the field and learning the things that he wasn't able to learn because of a lack of experience in college. It's not like the Bears are breaking him down 
and rebuilding his footwork, sort of like they did with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And sort of, you take a quarterback who was mechanically flawed, but had some incredible instincts and some really top-notch mental ability, and you sort of rebuild him physically and, and build him into the Aaron Rodgers we see today. But Mitch Trubisky is there with his footwork, and he's there with his ability to read coverages. So it's not as though he needs 17 games to relearn how to play quarterback at the highest level because he's already showing you that he is a a top flight quarterback prospect and a guy that just needs more experience and to see these situations that he can only truly see when he is on a, a live football field. I think once he gets these positive habits, you know, that he's already started in college and maybe they're eliminating a few things here and there, but once he really has this figured out in terms of I always do my footwork the same way, I always release the ball the same way, I read the coverages the same way, I know the play calls, then he's not going to get into bad habits. I know that's one of the fears. It's like, well, when you throw a quarterback out there too early and he has to learn on the fly, he's just going to build habits that you don't want from a quarterback. But I just don't know how many of those habits he has left to build. You know what I mean? He's he's already so good in, in so many of the critical ways that just based on 13 games in college, And so he just needs to continue to work those good habits in more situations so he can be a more experienced and seasoned quarterback, get some of that veteran savvy that maybe a guy like Deshaun Watson already has because he was a four-year starter at Clemson, and and just get himself up to the level of of an experienced quarterback and be able to handle any and all new situations that come his way. So again, for me, it just all depends on when he's actually, actually ready. And and that's going to be a critical determination by the coaching staff because, you know, maybe that won't be for 10 weeks. Maybe maybe that's at the end of August. Maybe it's the whole season. But there's no reason to just keep him on the bench for the sake of keeping him on the bench. And I think there's sort of that push there that there's this assumption that it's just inherently valuable to sit a quarterback for a full season and that, that he is better off sitting for a full season than playing any games at all in the season. And I just don't think that's true. I think that's glossing over a little bit and not quite going deep enough in an understanding of Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback, and what he needs and what is going to be the best for his development long-term. He needs playing experience. And as soon as he is ready, and I'm, I'm not saying rush him in terms of getting him ready, but Trubisky seems like a guy that's going to be ready sooner than people think just based on who he was as a college quarterback and what he's already showing at Bears training camp. I want to see Mitch Trubisky play. I'm confident that we're going to see Mitch Trubisky play. You know, one way or another, I think maybe, you know, either Mike Glennon struggles or maybe he gets hurt, you know, something like that at some point in this season. I think Mitch Trubisky will work his way onto the football field just consistently. Every team in the past few years that drafts a quarterback and says they're going to sit the guy for the whole year has not been able to do that. And I know Blake Bortles, for example, was a guy that was supposed to sit, and ultimately he started a handful of games his rookie year. They were going to sit him the whole year. That was their plan from the start. I believe Chad Henney was their starting quarterback at the time. I I didn't look that up in front of me. That's just off the top of my head. And they were going in with... You know, Chad Henney is our quarterback, went through that the whole season, and he either got hurt or just played so poorly that they put Blake Bortles out there. And Blake Bortles obviously has looked like a bust of a quarterback because he wasn't ready, because his his mechanics are so poor, because his throwing motion is really weird, and he doesn't read defenses very well. But if, if Mitch Trubisky is ready mechanically, knows the playbook really well, reads defenses really well, has his footwork down, and just needs to get better under pressure and, and learn more experienced things 
then I think he's going to be ready. And I think Trubisky is going to get his shot one way or another this year. When he does get his shot, or even if we see Mike Glennon the whole year, I've got the hookup for you. See, Locked On Bears, right, and, and the Locked On Podcast Network, we partnered with SeatGeek. And it, it's a ticket buying app. And for me, I mean, it's the easiest way to find tickets that I think I've ever used on my phone. I mean, it, what it allows you to do, right? You, you can pull up the games or whatever, and you can compare multiple ticket sites. It's kind of like those travel sites that compare all the prices at the same time, but it's for tickets. And they actually rate the deals that are the, for the tickets based on the value of the seat. So, you know, they'll tell you if this is a good deal based on the rest of the prices and what other people have paid for the same seat. And of course, they fully guarantee all their ticket purchases. So you're not going to get screwed over by buying fake tickets or something like that. Uh, you know, it, it's really like SeatGeek can be your go-to app for not just Bears tickets, but concerts and comedy shows and theater shows and even other sports, you know, basketball and, and MLB. But I'm not just telling you all this for nothing, you know. Here's, here's what I'm getting at with being the hookup. If you download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code LONFL, like Locked On NFL for the Locked On Network, LONFL, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I was just looking on there today, and you can actually get some pretty solid seats for the Bears preseason games for like 50 bucks a pop. And with the LONFL promo code, you're already getting $20 off that. So it's really a nice little setup there. I hope you'll check it out. I'm excited to see Mitch Trubisky this year. Like I said, I, I hope they bring him along, right? You know, there, there's no there's no reason to force him out there, but there's also no reason to force him on the bench. I said it before, his development is definitely the number one thing in 2017 for the long-term success of the Chicago Bears. Like I said, I don't I don't care what Mike Glennon does. I don't care what Jordan Howard does. I care what Mitch Trubisky does and how he develop, develops because... Ryan Pace's job is riding on him. John Fox's job might be riding on him. Dowell Loggins' job might be riding on him. Everything in the, the next 10 years of the Chicago Bears is riding on the success of Mitch Trubisky. And part of his development and part of that success is going to be playing actual games early and often. Part of it is sitting and part of it's learning. You know, part of it is that that growth from the bench. I understand that. But I I think it's possible he can sit and learn enough in the preseason to be ready to go week one. But, you know, it's also possible that he needs to sit and learn for the whole regular season. I mean, you never know exactly where he's going to be at, but I'm confident in him as a young quarterback, and I think whenever he is ready to go and whenever he gives you the best opportunity to win football games in 2017 and beyond, he should take over as your starting quarterback and like I said, his development starts with working with the second team here in the preseason, playing a bunch in the preseason games while protecting him. You don't want him to get hurt, I understand, but he needs that experience. He needs to be your future in the present for the Chicago Bears. I'm excited to see the Mitch Trubisky era start. It's going to start before you know it. It's probably going to sneak up on you. I'm not rooting against Mike Glennon by any means. I hope he is a 4,000-yard quarterback with 30 touchdowns, and the Bears have two really quality quarterbacks. But I do think one way or another, Mitch Trubisky will see the field as a rookie, and I think that's going to be a good thing for him. Hopefully, the Locked On Bears podcast is a good thing for you. I, I want to thank our loyal listeners who have been sticking with me through this first week of taking over the show. Like I always say on every episode, I love hearing your feedback on Twitter. I've been getting a lot of love from you guys, and I, I really appreciate it. I do this show for you, and I, I hope that you'll continue to tune in. 
Feel free to subscribe on iTunes and maybe leave us that five-star review if you could do me a favor. That's how we move up in the podcast rankings there. I really want to be Chicago Bears fans' go-to Bears podcast, and I'm the only one bringing it to you every single weekday. I hope you uh, value these shows. I hope you value the the analysis that I'm giving you. But like I said, if I'm if I'm going too deep here or if I'm going too fast here or I glossed over something, let me know that on Twitter too, at CoxSports1. I, re- I really want to make this the Chicago Bears fans' best podcast possible, and so I'm open to any and all feedback. Of course, you can also tweet the show at Lockdown Bears, and you can follow us there on Twitter. And uh, you always have to remember one thing. I, I should really start tweeting it out with the Lockdown Bears account to make sure everyone remembers this. Maybe I'll throw it in the Twitter bio or something. But, you know, as you listen to Lockdown Bears every day, as, as you start to hear more and more about Mitch Trubisky, I mean, every time I see that guy's name, it just makes me want to do one thing. Bear down. <laughs> <laughs>